Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin. It's the 11th of July, a Tuesday morning, across rural and regional Queensland. Andrew McConville is the Murray-Darling Basin Authority CEO, and he joins me this morning with the Federal Labor Government committed to delivering the Basin Plan in full by 2024. Good morning, uh, Andrew. How are you, mate? I really appreciate you uh, making yourself available. This is obviously... A testy subject and one that, you know, we need some explaining and some understanding with. But thank you so much for making yourself available this morning. Pleasure, Ben. No problem at all. Uh, we understand back in 2018, and and correct me if I'm wrong, with under David Littleproud, we looked like we got most of this plan in place. 2750, um, 2,750 um, back, gigalitres back, and the buyback got to 2,100. We, in Queensland, we're pretty much there. And now things, it was the basis of that the state building infrastructure to get that final target of 2750 over the line. Why has there been a shift in plan now um, that we are walking away from it and not giving the states time to get this infrastructure in place? Ben, there hasn't been uh, a, a completion of the plan, unfortunately. Um no, but that's going right. to take some time. That's going to take some time. Yeah. We, we understood that. Like the, the state yeah. building infrastructure is going to take time. I, I, I just don't understand why we're not staying on that plan. Yeah, so under the, under the plan, it was 2100. It, it gets a little bit complex, but I'll, I'll try and run through it sort of in, in, in simple numbers. So 2100 or slightly more, uh, 2100 thereabouts was to be recovered under what's called bridging the gap. Uh, and... That is very, very close. There was a recent uh, tender process for 49 gigalitres uh, that the government released. With the completion of that tender, uh, that would bridge the gap. So that's component one. The second component is 605 gigalitres uh, of water that states committed to undertaking a series of infrastructure projects um, to to recover 600, well, not to recover, to keep 605 gigalitres of water in the consumptive pool. So a bit like the buying on credit card, if you like. That was the credit that was given and the infrastructure payments are sure. uh, the, re, the repayment of that debt. Now, the states, uh, we as the MDBA, our job is to do a reconciliation of uh, those projects. And we've been flagging for several years um, that there's going to be a shortfall there. And uh, last last November, I came out and uh, and gave the first actual gigalitre in, uh, indication of that. And the shortfall there is going to be somewhere between 190 and 315 gigalitres. Um, now, we're required at 30th of June 24 to do a reconciliation. That's the timeline that's under the Act uh, and the Basin Plan at the moment. So that's the second component. So there's a shortfall uh, there and we will um, soon release a, a further assurance report where we'll, we'll do another estimate of, of that. And then the final component was a uh, what's called an environmental efficiency water, uh, which was for the Commonwealth uh, to look to recover, and that was 450 gigalitres uh, of water. So the total being 3,200 gigalitres. At the moment, only 26 gigalitres of uh, that water has been uh, recovered. So, and that you know, there's a bit of debate then around that. Well, yeah. Can I can I just yeah. stop you yeah. there? I mean, the the reason that 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 only that small percentage has been recovered 
is because of – and Tony Burke was a part of this. Now, I remember interviewing him a part of the. I remember Tony Burke involved in these discussions and when he was, he was in the opposition – this so-called social economic neutrality test where, you know, you're going to see communities go down in flames if you take this water back. Now, that was part of it, and that's one of the reasons why this extra 450 wasn't taken. I'm just understanding I, – I, I'm and I, I say this with the deepest respect – I just don't understand why that hasn't been factored in. I mean, these regional communities are on their knees as it is. So you take that from them. It's not the farmers that are going to suffer here. We know that they're going to grow their crops, but it's the communities, St George, Gundawindi, we know them, I'm talking from a Queensland perspective here, Theodore, these kind of towns, Emerald, you take it back, we've got real dramas. Yeah, look, Ben, and, and I know those communities well, spent a lot of time out there growing up and, and understand fully. And you're right, the 450, there's, there's two requirements there. They're under the under the basin plan, uh, it, uh, it it's a requirement that the recovery of that water have neutral or positive socioeconomic uh, impact, and that's that's in the basin plan. And so the water that's been recovered um, uh, has been recovered on that basis at twenty six or thereabouts, um, and and there's nothing changed in relation to to that requirement. That requirement is 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 still there now. The the current government uh, came in with an election commitment to. Uh, recover the basin plan in full, but you know that that in full is is in accordance with with the requirements uh, that are there. And just recently, the government came out uh, and uh, put a, a I suppose a request for for um, ideas out there as to how uh, you know that remaining 450 gigalitres of of environmental water. Uh, could be recovered, and there are a range of you know, ideas out there, and the government will receive those and, and, and look at those. And you know, the the minister Tanya Plibersek has said that all options are on the table when it when it comes to the recovery uh, of of that water. So that's that's sort of where the government sits at the moment. And our task as the MDBA is to obviously then look at you know, all of those options and, and what does that mean in terms of the overall uh, recovery task. Andrew, you're a highly educated human being and throw in the fact that you're a bushy and you're you know, in it as well. You know the challenges, right? And I want to just say this. It seems outside looking in that you're taking direction from Tanya Plibersek. Surely, you know, and I mean this, the MDBA are their own voice. I understand they're a government, you know, part of it, but your private sector thinking and your mindset from where you've been in your past and you're very well known, surely that you can see that there are some things there and there are some agendas with the Labor government that are coming from other areas um, and trying to tick some boxes because not all of this passed the pub test. Yeah, but look, I'm... I'm an independent statutory authority, and you're right. I spent 30 years in, in the private sector, and you know, most of that in in agriculture, some of it in uh, you know the oil and gas sector. So I understand rural and regional Australia really well, and you know I know absolutely the challenge that water recovery presents. One of the one of the challenges we face is that you know within uh, you know the next three decades, according to to CSIRO, their best sure. estimate is that we'll have 10% reduced uh, rainfall and about 30% reduced. Uh, inflows into the basin, so yeah, it's it's really tough, and I completely understand you know, the concerns, the fears of, of rural and regional communities uh, around you know ongoing water recovery. It's also important to say that uh, you know for every 
every uh, person that says to me a concern about uh, water recovery, I get the other side of it as well, Ben, in terms of people who want to see more water recovered um, for the basin. Now, what, why? Can stand, you tell me why? Why? Why do we like? Why are yeah. we not getting enough? And, and talk to me from yeah. a perspective yeah, sure. where I see it flow down, and I've seen it this year in flood three times. I, I, tell me why we need more, and why it needs to be recovered. So when when the basin plan was was um, developed off the you know at the end of the Millennium drought. I mean, you know, the basin was yeah. in serious decline, and the, and then the health of the river, all of its major indicators, salinity, uh, connectivity, um, you know, flows to to the mouth of the Murray, and and you know, it's important to remember that the river rots from its head, so there's yep. a lot of uh, connectivity is extremely important quality of water and the like. So, the basin plan, you know, its task and the task of the MDBA was to sit down and determine you know, what was an environmentally sustainable level of take, whereby uh, you know, there was enough water for uh, communities. And, and one of the things that the Basin Plan does for the first time is it actually provides water for critical human needs. That didn't exist before the Basin Plan. Um, so water for critical human needs, water for industry and agriculture, um, and, and water for the environment. And it's it's a balancing act, there's no doubt. And, you know, we, we as the MDBA, needed to look at that and determine what was an environmentally sustainable take uh, on the best available science, and that uh, that level was was 3,200 back in in, in uh, 2012. We have an opportunity to review the basin plan uh, in three years' time in 2026, and we've kicked that process off uh, already. And as part of that process of a review, we'll also be looking at you know uh, levels of take and, and what's sustainable there. In the same way that we'll be looking at you know, climate change and the adaptability of climate change. So it's important that we take the opportunity. To, to review, yeah. um, but it's important that we're also uh, trying to. It, it's it's a balancing act, Ben, and it's important that we continue to try and do that. And you know, it's it's the most wicked problem I've ever had to, to face. And and you know, I get it every day from from all sides. And for every every time you're trying to address one challenge, you you create another. It's a bit like playing whack a mole. Yeah. Um, so what's you know, the it, solution? It, I mean, other than taking and yeah. and and look. Oh, 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 you know who I'm representing. It, it's yeah, as yeah, clear as clear. Um, so, and, and and you've you've cut your teeth in that part of the world, so you understand yep. the concerns of regional Queenslanders because all they see is they see a, a, a corporation taking water for towns that are going to go backwards because they thrive on water, and so they understand that. So, but th- there is th- th- certainly there is an environmental um, issue to this, and I understand that, but. All all roads lead to improvement over the last four years. So oh, we've yeah. seen. So why why continue to have to push? Why why this extra four fifty? Why can't we give the state governments the time to get the infrastructure? We understand what's gone on the last. It's easy to say, oh well, they've had the chance. Why can't we give them time? Yeah. Let's give well, them the time. A couple of pieces there, Ben, and, and certainly that's a, a, a topic of discussion between the states and, and the Commonwealth now in terms of you know the time needed to complete those those projects and. States have, have previously put forward their views of wanting more time, and that's an that's an active topic of discussion between the states and the Commonwealth. And that's not something I get involved in. That's, no, that's no, a policy no. matter yep. for them. Um, so you know that's a that's a topic of active active discussion. I think you know from from where we sit, it is about looking at well, how can we continue to improve uh, the efficiency with which we would use water? You know, listening yesterday in the Cotton you know, CRC, I mean. You know what's happened there in in the, in the cotton industry with the improvement in water use efficiency of, of greater than fifty percent. 
you know, what we're looking at, you know, how do we reduce evaporation off uh, open channels and, and, and storages? Uh, you know, what other on-farm efficiency measures are there available? Uh, as you say, what infrastructure projects are available? You know, where can we look at um, you know, rule changes that might um, allow us to, to recover more more water in a, in a in a different way? So, looking at you know, persistent underuse or, or over delivery. These are the sorts of questions that the government is considering now, and that was why um, you know, the federal government put out a call for ideas as to how to recover uh, you know the remaining water for, for this basin plan. So. And, and there are lots of ideas out there, and it's it's really important that they come forward. And, and then our job as the MDBA is we assess those in terms of you know what they will. We need to model them, look at them, and say, well, what will they deliver in the context of the basin plan? So, um, you know, one of the important things that we've got to recognise, and, and I probably should have said this up front, is you know the significant heavy lifting that, as you pointed out, Ben, the basin communities have done in terms of the predominance of recovery, and that's that's incredibly significant and. Uh, you know, we need to to recognise and applaud and thank the irrigation communities for the heavy lifting that they've done yep. as part of achieving the basin plan. What we've got to continue to do is really try and work together to say, well, are there other solutions? Because if we continue, uh, if we sort of stop stop now in terms of where we are, and this is a dynamic system, obviously, you know, in 30 years' time, we could well back be back to where we were before the basin plan, given the impacts of climate change. So we've got to continue to do more, and that means everyone. That means, uh, you know, towns. It means irrigators. It means the environment. Um, all the stakeholders are going to have to look at ways to to use water better. And on the environmental water piece, we're we're much better at using when I say we're the Commonwealth Environment Water Holder, um, the science behind it, much better at using environmental water now than we were when the basin plan was put in place in 2012. So therein lies, I suppose, one of the positives that comes out of this is the opportunity of the basin plan review to say, okay, well, what does that look like, and what does the basin plan need to look like going forward um, to, to you know, meet those trade-offs? You know, how do we deal First Nations in a, in a better way? These are all questions that we're going to be asking as part of the Basin Plan Review. So I do think that that presents a, a positive and important opportunity to your question, what have we got to do? Well, let's so wait we, till the review what's, comes what's in. Worked, what yeah. hasn't. Yeah, yes, once this yes. review comes in, obviously. Look, it's very murky, and I understand you're doing it. And it's a tough going. I appreciate you standing up today and coming on. Um, any, it, any it's, time very easy, it's very easy to duck and weave when these kind of – Yeah, I mean that seriously. And, and, mate, you were more than happy to come on the show. I appreciate it a lot. Um, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Andrew McConville, the Murray-Darling Basin Authority CEO. Um, and, look, it is a murky area at the moment. They're trying to get it sorted. Appreciate your time, Andrew. We'll talk again. Pleasure, Ben. Good on you. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. We'll take a break. Come back with more.